This is the Creator Smarts podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable, future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes. Each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan and you are listening to the Creator Smarts Podcast. So, do you like traveling? And if you are a creator, uh, online business owner, you probably do like traveling, right? It's one of the big benefits that we have as, uh, you know, somebody who's able to to work online. We can go wherever we want as long as there's internet, right? Um, I visited 103 countries in my 20s and I could do that because I was working online. Um now, I know that 2020 hasn't been a great year for traveling, but despite all the travel restrictions, um, my guests today traveled almost nonstop, and actually not just in 2020, but he has been traveling nonstop for the last 10 years. Um, I'm talking about Drew Binsky, and Drew Binsky has become one of the world's most popular travel vloggers, and he's visited 194 countries so far. There's only three countries left. Um, I think it's Saudi Arabia, Palau, and uh, Jamaica, if I'm not mistaken. And then he will have visited all countries in the world. Um, And on top of that, he will be the only person who has documented, I think he's documented almost every single trip or almost every single country so yeah that's um our guests on today's show drew binsky a huge youtube channel has about two and a half million subscribers and um two and a half billion views over his channels and um let's see what we can learn from drew today right so i have been um, i have been a fan of his channel for a while now so i was really happy that he agreed to come on the show he's not very easy to reach so um thanks drew if you're listening thanks again for making the time and sharing your experiences here what you're going to learn in the show today is um his his backstory how did he how did he become a travel vlogger where did he get the idea from um getting in early the importance of getting in early on social media platforms um about the passion and struggles of running a travel blog because it might not be as easy and as fun as you think um how travelers travel vloggers or bloggers monetize um and yeah is 2021 too late to start a travel vlog these are just some of the topics that we're going to talk about um but we're going to discuss much much more so if you're ready then let's get started here is my interview with drew binsky hey drew welcome to the podcast tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do thanks a lot jan for having me i'm uh my name is drew binsky i'm from scottsdale arizona and i've been to 194 countries out of 197 so i travel full-time making videos on youtube facebook instagram all the social media platforms I uh, have a community of 8 million online and about 2.1 billion video views overall. So my main goal is to inspire and educate people about the world. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, we're going to talk about lots of topics today. Of course, content creation, you know, how you got started and uh, also about all those crazy places where you went because, you know, I'm a big traveler as well. Well, not as much as a traveler as I used to be a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I have been really looking forward to this interview and uh 
um, really looking forward to hearing some of your travel stories as well. Let's start uh, at the beginning because how did it all get started? Traveling. Uh, I studied abroad in Prague, Czech Republic in 2012 in university and that's where I got hooked on meeting new people, eating new food. As a 20-year-old, I could legally drink in Prague and I couldn't even drink back in my own country. And then uh, I finished uh, university in economics and then I taught English in Korea for two years and I lived in Seoul. It was an amazing experience, started a travel blog there and that kind of evolved into Snapchat. I was making a living off Snapchat in 2015 when the app became popular. Then that evolved into Instagram. Then I started making videos in 2017 as I kept traveling to all these countries. And then uh, here we are, um, three countries shy of visiting every country in the world. Yeah, Rose. So why did you start that blog back at the time? Or what was the uh, the blogging landscape like? Were, were there other travel vloggers who were doing yeah. something similar? What inspired you to start that blog? Tra- travel videos were not really a thing. So I wanted to write, I wanted to document my travels in Europe and new- newly in Asia. And I wanted to do some kind of job in the travel space. And I figured that was a very low risk uh, it was $8 to create a domain name and then I could just write about my travels. I didn't have to invest in like an, an app for a phone. I didn't have to hire coders or um, consultants or anything. I just kind of did it on my own. So I always had a, mi- a vision to like work in a travel something. I just didn't know what yeah. it what it was. So that's why I started a website. Yeah. And do you get traction from the beginning? Or how, yeah, I had how- like... I was writing nightlife guides around Asia, around Europe, uh, reviews on places. I at one point I had like thirty thousand visitors a month on my website, which is not a cr- incredible amount, but it was enough to uh, make some money through advertisements and network with other bloggers, and and um, that's that's how I started in the beginning. Yeah. So how much was the blog making at the time? We're talking about like a thousand bucks. Was it like a side yeah. side gig? One to two thousand bucks a month. Yeah. And you were teaching at the same time yeah i was teaching so that was my primary job um but I, blogging was more of a hobby but it turned into a, a bigger thing yeah. yeah so what led to so Ch- snapchat is what you did after blogging right yeah why why did you make that move why not just grow a really big blog because uh i got a head start on snapchat in 20 april 25th 2015 i was traveling in jaisalmer india and i realized that i could grow following on snapchat and I did it right away. I started promoting it across my blog and people were following me on Snapchat. And then I was working with brands that were paying me more than a thousand bucks a month. And so I figured I might as well um, start focusing on Snapchat because I could make more money and it was more fun. I hate writing. So Snapchat was engaging. I'm yeah. taking, making stories, taking people along the way, crafting interesting narratives. And um, I got sponsored to go to the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro in 2016. I got paid five thousand um, dollars, which was awesome, and I mean that was five years ago. So I was I was only twenty four years old at the time, and uh, loved it. And then Snapchat died per- basically when Instagram Stories came out soon after that the Olympics, <laughs> and then I focused on that. So I, ha- I had to my whole life I've had to pivot from travel blogging to Snapchat to Instagram to videos on Facebook. I didn't do YouTube until three years ago. Facebook and then YouTube and now. Um, TikTok I'm focused on and, and so the, it keeps moving forward yeah so why why do you think Snapchat was working so well for you at the time because I mean it's not very common that you get approached by all these big brands that are offering you, you thousands of dollars right yeah w- were you the only one on, on Snapchat who yeah, was doing that exactly. in Indonesia no competition 
yeah, there was it was a huge craze, just like TikTok is a big craze right now. Uh, a lot of hype, like NFTs. Everyone's talking about that. So everyone was talking about Snapchat at the time, and I I already got on and. Some Huffington Post said, "Oh, here are the top Snapchatters to follow in the world," and I was on that list. And oh, really? I was just kind of like known as a travel Snapchat guy. So getting in as quick as I could uh, was the way to do that. Is that a strategy that you've been using like all the time, like Pretty diving much. in when when a new platform comes up? Well, YouTube, I was really late to the game, um, but yeah, Facebook Video, I was in it in 2017 when Facebook Video was kind of in its early stages, and. Um, yeah, TikTok, I'm trying to get on there and a bunch of other things. So I always look for the next big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, when you were doing Snapchat, did you stop with the blog? Is, is, it still, is it still online? The blog? No, it's completely offline. What was the name? It was called thehungrypartier.com. <laughs> the Hungry Partier. Was that the mission at the time? It was exactly the mission. <laughs> yeah, going to Tomorrowland, which is in your backyard. Yeah. And, uh, going to festivals and getting messed up and writing about it. I see. So for how long did Snapchat work? And um, wasn't that scary when it stopped working? Uh, about a year, I was a full-time Snapchatter. And then it was definitely scary. I was in, uh, I was in Bolivia when, when uh, Instagram stories came out. And I was scared because I lost my job. But then I started focusing on Instagram. And then soon, soon later, videos came. So yeah, I mean, it's, I always kind of look at the bright side of things. Yeah. When did you quit your, your, your English teaching job in Korea? I quit in March 2015. So that's exactly six years ago. When you yeah. were working as a Snapchatter or what were you doing at the time? No, I was just, at, when I finished, I just traveled and blogged. I didn't figure out Snapchat until two months after I left Korea. Okay. So you, you, had, you had a bit of savings and Correct. you just wanted to travel a bit and Correct. Kind of trying I was, different. I was super budget, like hostels you know eating street food like i was spending i spent 500 bucks a month in india for that three-month trip that i that includes accommodation so um things have definitely evolved since then yeah so you started with the blog then you moved on to snapchat snapchat died and then you got started on, on, on instagram or on facebook instagram and then a year, and then i met my girlfriend in 2015 later that year uh we met in thailand and then She's from the Philippines and she bought me a camera. She's like, you should start making videos and posting them online. So then I did. And uh, that's how it all started with video. Were you still making money online when you were doing Instagram? Yeah, about a thousand, between one and two thousand a month, which was enough for me to pay uh, my expenses because I was I'm pretty cheap. <laughs> Through sponsorships or how do you? Uh, sponsors and ads, mostly ads, ad revenue. Yeah. And Snapchat sponsors a little bit. My Instagram was growing, maybe 50,000, 80,000. So I was getting very small deals. And then um, I, uh, yeah, I had some uh, ad, ad revenue on my website. How do you grow the Instagram channel? I mean, how easy is it as a travel vlogger or a traveler to, to, to grow an Instagram account? I mean, people like visual things, especially on Instagram, right? So I guess traveling is a good niche, traveling, photography, food as well. Yeah. Um, did you see traction from the beginning on Instagram as well? Or how do you go about, how Super strategic tough, were you about growing? Instagram's the hardest platform to grow. I would like send direct messages every day for five hours a day. I would comment on people's posts. Really? I would join groups. So I was doing all that stuff for the first couple of years. And then Instagram like cracked down and they 
didn't let you send more than 50 messages a day and they didn't let you like more than 50 posts a day. So then it became really hard to do that. And then, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a combination of making good content on YouTube. And, and at the end of my YouTube video, I say, Hey, come check me out on Instagram. And you know, some of my YouTube videos have over 15, 20 million views. So I don't know if, if 0.01% of people went to my Instagram, that's a lot of people. So that's kind of been the strategy. Yeah. Well, that's uh, quite impressive. Were you always thinking about starting an online business or was the main, uh, the main mission to just travel and, and, and document? Everything? I wanted to create an app in, in college. I made like a, in my entrepreneurship class, I made like a whole project on an app called um, Abroadify, like Abroad IFY. So basically yeah. you're connecting. It's kind of like a couch surfing thing. You're not staying with people, but you're just connecting with them. You can hang out with them. And I wanted to build out this app to help travelers. Um, and then I just realized that that's too much, too much risk involved in making an app. Um, you know, one in every thousand apps make it. It's like a restaurant. If you open up a restaurant, good luck. One in every thousand restaurants actually make it past like the second year or third year or something. Um, so I figured, okay, I'll just try to invest in myself and I'll try to grow my audience. Growing an audience was kind of, I, the timing was right. You know, if I was five years older or five years younger, it wouldn't have worked as well as like, yeah. right when I started doing this, it became popular to become a creator. So I, I, I'm really blessed with the timing. Yeah. So when did you make your biggest breakthrough? Was that when you, when you started on, on YouTube? No, Facebook. Uh, I, met, I went to North Korea in April 2017 and that video got 10 million views within the first week uh, on really? Facebook. And that's, that's really where I, I dropped. I pretty much dropped. I deleted Snapchat off my phone because I was like, I don't want to waste any more time on this. I want to <laughs> focus on uh, on videos. And so I didn't touch my blog again. And I just focused on went all in on videos. Yeah. So what, what was that video about a week in, in North Korea? Yeah, four days in North Korea, taking people around. I didn't know what I was doing. I just got a camera at the time and it was awesome, man. I uh, really enjoyed that trip. How easy was it to film in North Korea? Way easier than you think. Nobody cares. So you can just <laughs> go interview yep. people on the streets? I can speak Korean uh, semi-fluently because I studied it and I lived in Korea for two years. Same language. So yeah, I was interviewing people on the streets. I was talking to them. Um, it's not a happy place by any means, but there's a lot more freedom as a tourist than you might think. Yeah. How, how can you monetize Facebook? I did monetize the first hundred or so videos and then they rolled out their monetization uh platform on facebook and i was like a tester for it i was one of the early ones in and i was able to monetize on facebook um right away in 2018 yeah. so the first year on facebook i made no money so tell us how that works because i've never i don't think i know anyone who, who makes money of, of directly of facebook so is it like youtube so you upload a video and then they, yeah there's ads you get yeah yeah, YouTube's a much better platform overall. If everything's better about YouTube than Facebook. Um, but yeah, I upload a video, monetization's turned on, they insert ads wherever necessary, Facebook knows everything. Facebook knows everything about you. Um, so does YouTube because YouTube is Google. So they know what you like, they'll target ads at you and then I'll get paid every time you watch those ads. Yeah. And um, I mean, Okay, that, so, so you got attraction on, on Facebook, then why focus on... Were you just uploading the same videos on Facebook and on, on YouTube? Yep, I still do to this day. Every, every Sunday is the same video on Facebook and the same video on YouTube because 
two completely different worlds, two different audiences, two different demographics. So I post the same video and Instagram. I mean, I've been following a YouTube channel for a while and, um, well, you always look like an extremely productive person, right? Like when you're traveling, even when you're on the road, sometimes you used to upload like a video per day sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Ah, man, how do you do that? I don't know. I was like not even human. And people in the travel space keep telling me like, I don't know how you did every day because you're dealing with flight cancellations, slow Wi-Fi, food poisoning, bribes, uh, corruption, um, you know, not sleeping very much. So all these things you're dealing with travel, but also I, I made a video every day. Not only editing the video every day, but I'm also having to uh, upload it, which is the Wi-Fi is, is always a struggle. So I, I don't know how I did it. I did that for two years. I have no idea how. I really don't. I slept four hours a night on average. Were you still able to enjoy your travels while working so hard? Yeah, I loved every second of it. I just was a workhorse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the hardest thing about being a travel vlogger hardest thing about being a travel vlogger is feeling the pressure to constantly be delivering um content even if you're not in the mood even if you're not enjoying a place um also probably the hard the hardest thing is dealing with the ups and downs right now it's down the views they really mess with your brain so trying to stay focused when when you know you have potential to get 5 million views a video, but then you get 100,000 views a video, it doesn't feel very good when you put a lot of effort into a video and it tanks. So that's the hardest part, the mental part. Yeah, so how, how do you deal with that? How do you keep your brain healthy? I don't. I, I, I still don't deal with it very well. I, I get stressed every time. Mm, and you... and a, lot of, a lot of YouTubers are not healthy mentally. Trust me. Yeah, so, I mean, have you heard about things that work? Like, does it help to talk about it with each other or... Yeah, I have a lot of friends who do it and we talk about this on every day, basically. And uh, there's still no no way that it, we, we're just not going to get upset when when you know. It's kind of like if you're a musician um, and you have like a platinum album and, and you're on top of the world and then your next album is like nobody's talking about it, nobody listens to it, nobody even knows it's you. Yeah. That must feel really shitty, right? Yeah. It's the same exact thing. So yeah, Whoa. it's tough. I appreciate you being open and sharing that here on the podcast because, you know, people like me, they watch your YouTube videos and they're like, man, this guy, he's the bomb. Look what he's doing, traveling every single country in the world, uh, filming everything, putting it on YouTube, getting paid very well, living the dream. But so there's also a, a downside. <clears throat> Definitely a downside, man. So it's a lot of fun. I would do. I would never trade this for any other job, but it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah. What's um? What are the other cons of 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 doing what you do? Being willing to show your face twenty four seven. Um, because my face, I don't even have a logo. My face is my brand. <laughs> I wear these shirts called Just Go, which I also sell. But um, that's uh not my brand. My, I mean, my logo. My logo is my face. So, yeah. I mean, it's not, it takes a certain kind of person to be willing to be on camera twenty four seven. Um, another struggle is dealing with the work-life balance. You know, if I go to Tanzania on a safari, I really want to enjoy it. But if I'm filming the whole thing, are you enjoying it? So I, I battle back and forth with that. But now I got a team. I just hired two more people. So <clears throat> I have 16 people now working for me. So I've really taken, taken off my workload in terms of editing, reaching out, you know, inbound emails, creating thumbnails, uh, responding to comments. I mean, everything is is uh i got a whole team now so it's it's helping 
Wow. So for how long have you had you been doing everything yourself? Uh, from 20 in the videos from the day one, which was January 2017 until about six months ago, uh, which was late mid 2020. Um, so let's say three and a half years. I did everything like everything edit, shooting, editing, uploading thumbnails, writing the description, responding to comments, marketing, everything was done myself. And then, yeah, about six months ago, I hired my first editor and now, yeah, I got 16 people that, that do stuff. So it's really great. I can be productive while I'm not killing myself. Yeah. So how has that experience been so far, like working with the team? Is it difficult great. or not? Yeah. Yeah. There are all different countries. About half of them are from the U.S. And then I have a girl from Italy who runs my TikTok, an Egyptian guy that helps me with comments and my Facebook group, Filipino does a bunch of stuff for me on the back end. An Indian uh, is my de uh, graphic designer. Um, uh, someone in Ukraine helps me with editing and the other editors are from the US. So yeah, it's great. I mean, WhatsApp, everything just kind of goes through there. And um, I'm, I'm basically now, now a CEO, like managing all these people. Yeah. Or uh, I'm still creating content also, but I'm delegating all the tasks so I can scale um, and I can, I can make better content. Yeah. Would you recommend other creators to start hiring or would you recommend your younger self to to start hiring earlier i didn't have any money so i couldn't have done it so it's, i mean you can't uh, just hire if you can't pay their salaries yeah so what will you say then so it's kind of a, a circle where you first need to make enough money before yeah you gotta just bust your ass which is what i recommend and and do everything you can and work work as hard as you can and then when you reach a level where you can hire then hire so i wouldn't have really changed anything i guess i could have hired a year earlier, I probably could have started hiring. So maybe I, I lost a year on, on that part, but I was still, you know, working 24 seven, making my own story. So I still got the job done. I just didn't have time to do anything else. Now I have time to build my courses, sell my merchandise, work on my documentary, work on my book. I have time to do that because I've streamlined everything else. So, so yeah, I wouldn't have really changed anything. Yeah. Okay. So you, you're now not just the, the vlogger, the content create, creator anymore, but you're now also the CEO. Um, can you still travel the world and, and be the CEO at the same time? Because people come with questions, right? You need to manage the team. Can you still do the both? Like how many, how much time does it require for you to run the business? Good question. I'm still in the, in the beginning phases of hiring all these people. So I'm just kind of learning how it's working. Um, at some point when I do start traveling again in a few months, I would like to have somebody who can run everything kind of and who really knows me and my brand. But the problem is I need to answer a lot of the questions because it's about my videos. So yeah. I can't just so it's it's a little bit tricky there. Um, I don't have an answer to that question. It's a very tricky question. Yeah. Maybe as maybe as I'm traveling, I'll still be running everything because what everything's done on WhatsApp. So it's it's still possible. Yeah. yeah. So you've been to, you said, 194 countries so far, yes. right? Yeah. I've been to 103 countries. I thought that was a lot. You're like four years, how old are you, 29? 29. Yeah, yeah. so I'm 33, you're four years younger. Um, what's the hardest thing about <laughs> visiting so many countries? Is it the visas? visas? Is it, yeah, is it definitely visas. finances? Is it having the time? Is it mental health? Is it... But you, okay, you already gave the answers to visas. Yeah, visas, uh, anxiety, just from being in situations that are not fun. Um, 
traveling the traveling part's awesome i don't mind getting on planes buses trains biking walking tuk-tuks that's all fun meeting people going out restaurants going to the beach hiking all that stuff's awesome filming going to uh tribes and visiting them but yeah it's the anxiety of checkpoints hiding my profession as a journalist uh which is not welcomed in many countries um getting visas having to bribe people um officials and i'm talking about afghanistan libya somalia yemen south sudan venezuela um those are iraq those are the ones that are really tough syria um i think i, I think i named all of them uh aside from those 10 countries i just named everything's pretty easy yeah so i mean i saw they also went to somalia for example yeah how, how do you plan a trip like that like what are what are some of the most difficult visas that you um can apply for is does the somalian visa include yeah i have a pretty uh unique way of traveling in that i rely on my followers my instagram yeah. community to take me around so i don't plan anything i just say okay i'm gonna meet you we're gonna go around and have fun and whatever happens happens so that's how i've done 80 of all the countries that i've visited which is 150 countries i've done by myself meet a random person even in yemen meet a random follower and have them take me around so that i like to be spontaneous yeah isn't isn't that i mean people who are listening might think isn't that dangerous right because you never know who's following you they know that you're uh well quite a famous travel vlogger they might have bad attentions never had that experience or situations where you felt uncomfortable everything's dangerous you know the second i open the door i'm exposed to a pandemic and so i there's no everything you drive i just got in a car accident two days ago my car is being it's my first accident i've been driving since i was 14 i was on a freeway and some guy hit me like going parallel yeah. and the, the, you know dented the car the, the mirror broke off i mean that's way that's the most dangerous thing that's happened to me in the last 10 years that car accident because i could have died so absolutely i don't worry about danger yeah so which which are the countries you think or are the most difficult to visit in order uh let's see <clears throat> yemen would be number one number two would be libya number three would be afghanistan and then venezuela and somalia somali land is easy somalia uh the southern part is not easy to get into yeah so how syria syria also yeah yeah so how do you visit a country like venezuela can you just go to the embassy Crazy, and man. So There's no embassy in the U.S. They're all not functioning. So I had to go in Manila, Venezuelan embassy in Manila. I went in February 2020, right before COVID happened, and they gave me the visa. The visa was lasting for one year, and the country was closed until December 2020. So there was only two months left on my visa, and I finally, they, I was on the first flight back, and I went there as soon as it opened. So I almost missed it. Um, it's a different situation every time to get the visa what yeah. are some of the countries that you really do not people recommend they go do not recommend for what going visiting. i recommend going everywhere there's no place i wouldn't recommend if you want to know the most unsafe places it would be yemen afghanistan and libya and no syria is fine because you can't they don't even let you go to the war zone places iraq iraq proper so like baghdad uh i was there a few months ago yeah, other but, than that i mean everything's what, pretty what about a place like chad I didn't like Chad because I had a bad thing happen to me there, but it's the same as, uh, I'm looking at a globe and I'm talking to you, it's funny. Chad is the same as all of its neighboring countries. I mean, Central African Republic, Niger, Nigeria. You got to, 
have a local friend, you got to know what you're doing and don't look like a tourist, even though it's impossible not to, but wear local clothes, have a hood on, have a hat on, don't do anything stupid. I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough. Can you share a moment with our listeners when you felt in danger? Yeah, we'll go with Chad. So in Chad, I was with a local friend I met through Instagram. He took me around. Um, he told me, be careful with your camera. Ask people for permission. So I said, okay. Um, and then uh, we were out on the street somewhere and I, uh, there was a kid, three years old. So I couldn't ask him for permission. I didn't ask him anything. And he was like five feet away from me or two and a half meters away and uh, took a picture of him. And uh, his mom came running over and they tried to fight me in the street. They were grabbing my neck. It was like 20 people around me. And then um, I thought they were going to kill me. And then uh, my friend stopped it. And then I got in a taxi and then the taxi got pulled over. And then I was on the street again. I didn't have a working phone and I couldn't find my friend. And uh, I managed to find the hotel after a, long, a lot of stress. But um, yeah, I mean, that was that was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, you've created so much content. Do you know in advance which content is, is going to go viral and whatnot? Or you just try a lot of things and you see? Yeah, I got a good idea. Um, Ecuador is a series I just finished posting. I went there a few months ago and that all that stuff tanked. Tanked meaning terrible. Because I was coming off Afghanistan, Iraq, and Mauritania. And those I knew those stories would do well because nobody knows what's happening there. But Ecuador was just kind of dry for me, it's a little bit sleepy. So it didn't do well. But my next series in Venezuela, which I'm starting, uh, sorry, my next series in Venezuela, which I'm starting next week is going to do very well, just because I know how people react to these countries. Yeah. How do you, how do you come up with new ideas for videos? Because you also do these stories, right? Where mm -hmm. you visit, for example, the tallest man uh, on yeah. earth. How do you come up with all these ideas and how do you connect to the people? I have a big uh, Word doc in my phone and separated by country. And anytime an idea comes up, I write it in. And um, a lot, about half of my stories are spontaneous, meaning I, I figured out the story the day before. The world's tallest man, I knew about him five years ago. So I, I always knew when I go to Turkey to find him. Um, so there's many other stories I know that wherever I go, I got to find that person. Hmm. I also saw yeah. that you visited our our friend Wim Hof in the Netherlands. Wim Talk Hof, great great guy. Yeah, um, got connected to him through my buddy Thomas, who made a story on him. And then I went there, and that video did 20 million on YouTube, and uh, well, it's about to hit 20 million on YouTube. It's like 19.7, and on Facebook, I think it's 25 million. Um, so that that was one of the one of the better stories I've made. He's he's a great guy. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that ice bath experience. Just for the listeners yeah. who did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was my first ice bath. It was awesome. Oh, well, I did, like, in Antarctica, I jumped in the ocean. So that's cold <laughs> as, as an ice bath. Um, but, yeah, it was first time doing it. And he's just a crazy, awesome guy, motivator, inspira inspirational dude. And, yeah, I mean, it, I really enjoyed getting a slice of his, of his life. I actually shot that whole video in two hours. I flew. I stayed up all night in Madrid. I took a 6 a.m. flight to Amsterdam, rented a car, drove. He lives in the middle of nowhere. I have no idea where he lives. Drove an hour and a half all the way to his house, made the story, went back to Amsterdam, d dropped off the rental car and flew right back to Madrid. That's surprising. that you paid to create a video that gets 20 million views. And 40 million, yeah. 40 million. I, think, I remember because I was with a camera guy at the time. His name was Michael. 
I remember very clearly in my head that I spent $600 on that, um, on the flights, on the rental car, on his flight, on the food. And I remember thinking, man, did I just lose 600 bucks? Cause I don't, I didn't know that story would go hard. And, um, that's probably the, uh, I made, I don't know how much I made from that, but more than let's say 10 times more than 600. Or, yeah. I don't know more than 10 times more. Yeah. I can't, Im- I can't imagine the people listening and thinking by themselves, shit, I didn't know it was that hard. It, took, it takes that much to become a travel vlogger. Um, do you think it's typical what you were doing? And do you see other people in the, uh, in the industry also working as hard as, as you do? Uh, there's a lot th- that I keep in touch with and they don't work as hard. I mean, not to, not to say it like that, but they even tell me, like, I, I don't know how you're able to make videos every day. You know, um, a lot of them take their time. I, I don't know. I just I just have it in me to work like nonstop. So I don't I don't know how I don't know how I have that like genetically. I just like I'm already on my next you know things working on yeah. like my courses and I'm going all in. So you just gotta be dedicated. I don't know. It's I can't. I don't know how to tell people. Oh, you just work hard because you either have it or you don't. You yeah. have it. I know you have it, but it's hard to explain to people. So yeah. So what is what is your drive? Is it just to visit? all the countries in the world or is it to share uh, i don't know to share your 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 travels with with the world what what is it what is your mission what keeps you motivated yeah i want i like to inspire people to travel so i like to introduce them to new cultures new places i like to break stereotypes yeah. everybody's scared of the middle east the muslim people i love to go into cultures and meet with the people and you know show the other side of the story because what they hear on the tv is my grandma watches no matter how she watches the tv all day And it's like the most terrible things, the news, I'm saying the news. And so I like to go there and be like an alternate news source and um, people can learn from the world firsthand. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest stereotype that you've broken so far? Muslims are all terrorists. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love Islam, so I'm Jewish. And so Islam is like incredible for me. So, yeah. So how do you do that? By traveling, by traveling to countries like Afghanistan, yeah. Pakistan? Yeah, Syria. Yeah, exactly. Pakistan and, and uh, just showing that the, this is the most amazing place in the world. I, Middle East is my favorite region. So the Arabs are so hospitable and um, I can't wait to go back. Hmm. You have a huge following. It's very easy for you or relatively easy for you to connect to inspiring people, right? Because you have an audience, you have a platform where you can share their stories. Who would you say are some of the most inspiring people that you've met so far? That I've met like random people or or what um no i would both random people and maybe more famous people like wim hof but we already talked about him um i always meet inspiring people in in other countries that um you know they they don't get they, their stories don't aren't brought into the, yeah. into the mainstream media because they don't ever have the chance so when i was in the congo i met this uh was that like a checkpoint And there was this guy that was fixing up these bikes, these bicycles, and he had all these bikes in lane and, and, and behind him, like as he was fixing them. And he was doing them really fast. And I was like, dude, you're a genius. Like, how did you fix these bikes? And he's like, yeah, I just went on YouTube and I taught myself how to fix these bikes. And now I'm like the number one bike fixer because everyone rides motorbikes there. And then in Ghana, a few months ago, I met a kid who built a car with his own bare hands using scrap metal that he picked up from the dumpster and spent, spent $200 and he built a car and it works, it drives. And if, I mean, if he was living in New York, that kid would be all over the Ellen show. He would be all over the news, but he was just another kid in Ghana. So those kind of people inspire me the most. Yeah. 
So when you're traveling, you're always looking for stories like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And how do you find those stories? People reach out to me and say, hey, have you heard about this? Or that's pretty much it. I don't do any research. So I rely on my audience to kind of let me know what's going on. Yeah, you must you must be receiving so many DMs and messages every single day. Mm. Um, how much time do you spend reading messages and, and going through all those requests? Yeah, um, I get about... 20,000 messages and comments per day, including YouTube comments. Um, you know, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I don't, I, I look at my messages for five minutes every day. Um, so that's why if you want to get a hold of me, it's best to um, email me directly because I don't get as many emails. <clears throat> or, you know, I, text me. I have the text number there. That's how I can respond to you. But um, it's tough. I don't, I don't uh, respond to everyone. It's tough. So you have, like, what if somebody has a good idea? How do you make sure that you don't miss out on that idea? Do you have people who scan through messages? Yeah, I have people who scan messages, um, but also I will I'll pick, make a post saying, hey, guys, I'm looking for stories <clears throat> tomorrow in Nigeria. And so then if I do that post, I know people are writing me back right away. So then I'll look right then and yeah. there. So how do creators in the travel niche or in the travel industry make money in 2021? Uh, three ways, ad revenue, sponsorships, and selling things, merchandise. It's really the only, the biggest ways that content creators, uh, make money. Also making courses, which I'm doing now. That's another stream of income. Yeah. yeah. So, and the, Problems. um, yeah. the sponsorships, like what kind of sponsorships can we think about? <clears throat> Booking.com, uh, Qatar Airways. Um, I don't know, man, I've done a lot of sponsored stuff, whoever, Whoever thinks there could be a good fit, and um, we'll see if it can make it work in a video. All right. You're also working on the documentary. Anything yep. you want to say about that? Yeah, it's now a docu-series, so it's seven episodes. First episode is about me, how I got here, and then the next six episodes are my final six countries. Yeah. And it's basically about visiting every country, what I've learned, a lot of behind the scenes of life as a YouTuber, the stresses, the anxieties my unique way of traveling, meeting locals. So I have a camera crew with me. There's two guys shooting everything I do for the last six countries. And, and um, it's, it's meant to be inspirational, educational, and, um, and just, uh, yeah, I, I hope people watch it and they want to travel right away. That's the whole goal. Yeah. And are you guys going to sell it? or? Are you gonna... Yeah, we're hoping to get it picked up on a big streaming network. So we're doing everything we can. Hmm. How did yeah. you come to that idea? Is this also like people just approaching you? Or no, is this I had something this idea that you had five years. Yeah, when I started going to every country, I thought it'd be cool to make a film about it. And I can say for sure it's never been done because only 215 people have been to every country and certainly nobody has documented all of it and there's never been a film made about that person. So I think it can be really, really cool. Hmm. How much does it cost to visit all the countries in the world? It's, uh, I tried to figure it out by myself. A while ago, it's quite a hard, I find it kind of hard to put a number on it. Do you have a number in mind? Or do you have any idea about um, <laughs> how much you spend on? It depends. I used, to, I used to spend a lot less. I told you I spent 500 bucks a month in India. So if I was using myself at that time, I could probably travel the whole world for a hundred thousand dollars, which is, you know, 500 bucks uh, a country. But now probably a thousand bucks a country, um, which is two hundred thousand dollars to visit every country. It's probably way more because visas, flights, I sometimes just the flight alone is a thousand bucks to get. So then you also got to pay for hotels. I mean, 
how much there's two questions how much can you visit every country for you could probably visit every country for a hundred thousand bucks at a minimum if, unless you want to hitchhike everywhere and couch surf you could do it for five thousand bucks i mean that's possible but comfortably i think a hundred grand to visit every country and i'll probably end up spending like three to four hundred grand when it's all said and done yeah in over, like over five or six years over 10 years no, i started in 20 2012 and i'll finish in 2021 or 2022 so yeah nine or ten years are you the only travel vlogger who has documented everything yes on your channel? yes yeah? yes yeah so that's that's what's gonna make you stand out from from all the rest how many yeah. people are there in the world that have traveled quite quite a bit no that have been to every country yeah yeah there's less than 300 only less than 300 yeah yeah so i hope to be the next member yeah in a few months so which countries are next Saudi Arabia, Jamaica, and Palau. Only three countries left. Three What's countries going left. to happen to Drubinsky after he's visited all the countries in the world? Once I finish, I'll stop chasing the countries and I'll start chasing the stories. So I'll look for more stories, like the top, top. I'll, I'll hire people to find me all these amazing stories and I'll go through and be like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Plan trips around these stories. And um, yeah, I won't be going back to Ecuador, for example, anytime soon because the content there wasn't wasn't really... The best. I, I will just go to Siberia or go to really cool places and find really interesting stories. And then I want to help you, anyone listening and, and all my viewers, I want to help you become better travelers and save money on the way. So that's why I'm doing my courses. I'm providing all my tips and insights and knowledge. And um, I just want to keep growing. Yeah. Keep growing. How realistic do you think it is to become a full time uh, travel vlogger or an Instagram? And, you know, for those who get started, in 2021 do you think it is too late because you said that when you started was the right time um yeah what do you think it's definitely not too late there's always a, a ways to get in um but i do think it's not for everyone it's uh takes a lot of courage takes a lot of discipline and um that's why a lot of them fail they try to make videos and then it doesn't work because they don't have the the mindset so there's definitely a lot of room for people to join but you have to be willing to work sleep four to six hours a night for the first four years <laughs> I mean, it's pretty tough to to do it any other way mm. so what do you why do you think that you succeeded in this and like the other hundred thousand people who try to become a travel vlogger didn't you started the at the timing. right time the hard work yep. yes those two things exactly yep that's it wow hard work patience and timing but timing is still good it's still the early days and 20 years from now we'll look back at this is the beginning of youtube youtube's really it wasn't until 2015 where people were like making money traveling in on youtube even though it was out since 2005 so yeah we're still six years after this profession became popular so still possible what's the best thing about being a, a travel youtuber meeting new people and having the opportunity to share stories about the world that nobody's ever heard about Going, going to the faraway places of the world. Yeah. All right, Drew. Well, thank you very much. If people want to know more about you, well, where can they go? Yeah, it's at Drew Binsky on all social media, D-R-E-W-B-I-N-S-K-Y. Uh, email is drew at drewbinsky.com. Anything you guys want or have any questions you have, let me know. We're going to check it out. Thank you. All right, thanks for listening to this episode. And if you like this episode, then please give it a positive rating in whatever podcast app that you're using. 
And if you want to listen to other interviews or just learn more about what we do, then make sure to go to our website, creatorsmart.com. See you on the next episode. Ciao.